Hallelujah, everybody. Everybody say hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I want to continue on with my uh, praise reports about my mom. And like I said last time, you know, I attribute it to this church. Amen. To the prayer warriors in this church. But I just want to say it again and, and rub it in the devil's face again because there's even more every week. There's more and more and more and more and more. Amen. So I just want to go back through the timeline again. Amen. Can y'all handle that this morning? Rub it in the devil's face again. So she, in 2015, she got sick with multiple, multiple myeloma cancer. And she beat that. So she's been sick for a while. But she beat that and had to go to Vanderbilt and have uh, stem cell transplants and all this kind of stuff. And so then a couple, whenever it was, a couple of months ago, uh, she got sick. Um, they were here in Athens and she got sick. And she went to the hospital and they didn't know what was wrong and they went down to memorial in chattanooga and they came back on that friday night and i was going down there to see them that night and i called and they were crying and they had come in and said that she has leukemia which pretty much be a death sentence for her because she's been through so much and she's um exactly 70 years old right now and so that was pretty much a death sentence. So that, so they didn't want me to come down. And so they were crying and everything. And so I told this church, and y'all had prayer meeting Saturday morning. We had prayer meeting Saturday morning. And so about two o'clock Saturday afternoon, my dad called me and he was crying and he said, the doctors came in and said it was a miracle. Amen. They said she still got leukemia they diagnosed her with leukemia they said she still got leukemia but something that's exactly what he said that the doctor says they said something changed hallelujah they said something changed and it's a different form of leukemia one that was about 90 percent treatable so then they amen so then she just had to do it's not just had to do but she had to do chemo for a month and it was supposed to be all gone well during this chemo stuff chemo is just poison amen it just about killed her, and her white blood cell count went to 0, 0.00, which means she had nothing, no white blood cells to fight off infections or anything, and she got sick, and she got down, and the side of her face was swollen up, and her eye was swollen shut, and she had sores in her mouth, and it was bad, and I'd try to go see her on, on Sundays or whenever, but it was just really bad. And so then a couple of weeks ago, and my dad started calling me, and brother started calling me on Sunday morning. They'd come in and said that she's probably not going to make it. She's probably not going to make it. And this was a couple of weeks ago. And so we had to go down there um, that Sunday afternoon. And I told my prayer warrior at this church again, and y'all prayed that Sunday night. Well, Monday morning, the doctors came in. First set of doctors came in. Dad called me and he was feeling a little bit better. They had had some, some good news, but still, you know, didn't know if she was going to make it, but they had some good news. And then about two o'clock, three o'clock that Monday afternoon, they came in. The doctors came in and said, are you ready for some good news? Amen. Are you ready for some good news? And they said, the leukemia is totally gone. Amen. <laughs> totally in remission. Amen. Well, since that time, she still had to bring her white blood cell count up to be able to come home. And Dad's been with her down there the whole time, so it's been really hard. And I've been taking care of trying to take care of stuff. And so it went from 0 0.00 to 0 0.01 to 0 0.05 to 0 0.1 to 0 0.5. And that's what we prayed about, right? Lisa prayed about specifically. And for... um 
when my uh, wife's family prayed about specific, specifically, it went to about 1.1, went to about 1.3, went to about 2.1, and she got to come home Thursday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And her white blood cell count was 5.6. And that's the same white blood cell count that you and I have. Amen. So we all prayed for it specifically. And I just want to rub it in the devil's face this morning. She came all the way home. Amen. And now she's back home and they're back home. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we know we serve the God of gods, the King of kings, the one and only true God, Yahweh Jehovah. Lord God, we thank you, God, for being in control of everything. Lord God, we know that Satan can only do what you allow him to do. Lord God, you can allow him to afflict us. Lord Jesus, you can allow the accuser of the brethren to come against us. But he cannot take our life, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He can't take our life, Lord God. If he did, then he would take kill all of us. He'd take us all out. But you are in control, Lord God. You have got the devil under your feet this morning, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for the victory this morning. Thank you for the victory in Jesus Christ. And what you the price that you paid on Calvary's cross, God. We thank you, God, for stamping the devil in the head, bruising his head at Calvary's cross, Lord God. Pray that we walk in the victory this morning, God. Anoint this service, God, as your Holy Spirit comes to help us teach and preach this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, word had come to Jesus that Lazarus had died. Jesus said, just wait, I'll be there right on time. Martha came to him, said, Lord, where have you been? If you'd been here before he died, you wouldn't be missing him. Oh, Martha, oh, Martha, can't you just believe? My brother would be free. Jesus said to her, Well, take me to his grave. Oh, Mary, oh, Mary, I'm glad I'm four days late. Mary, oh, Mary, can't you just believe? Mary, oh, Mary, come and go with me. Lazarus is dead. stone away Martha said to him well Lord you're four days late but Jesus looked up to heaven he thanked God from up above he cried Lazarus come forth with the mighty thundering voice Mary oh Martha can't you just believe Mary oh Martha come and go to the grave where Lazarus has died. If you just believe the Son of God will 
came to the grave, he said, roll the stone away. Martha said to him, Lord, you're four days late. But Jesus looked up to heaven. He thanked God from up above. He cried, Lazarus, come forth with a mighty thunder voice. Mary, oh Martha, can't you just believe? Mary, oh Martha, come and go with me. Take me to the grave where Lazarus has died. Here's what I'm gonna do Well, you walked on me long enough Now I'm gonna walk on you I'm so tired of you, devil You've had me bow way too long I'm gonna raise my hands to heaven Well, I'm gonna sing a victory song Well, you said I You told me not to try Oh, but I'm gonna live for Jesus Until the day I die I'm so tired of you, devil You've had me bow way too long I'm gonna raise my hands to heaven Well, I'm gonna sing a victory song You threw children in that burning fire, but they came out the winner, and devil, you're a liar. I'm, I'm so, so tired of you, devil. You had me bound way too long. I'm gonna raise my hands to heaven. Well, I'm gonna sing a victory song. Just for you, devil, I wrote this little message on the bottom. 
little message. I wrote it just for you. Devil, I wrote this little message on the bottom of my shoe. It said, I'm tired of you, devil. You had me bow way too long. Jesus, over every heart and every life, God, you gotta go, devil. You have no place in Jesus' house in the hearts of your children, God. You gotta let them go in Jesus' name. He wants to free somebody, but you gotta let him. He wants to move. He wants to touch you, but you gotta get up on your feet and say, devil, you can't have me. You can't have my family. You can't have my job. You can't have my life. But let me tell you something, devil. We're going to knock you in the head. You are defeated by the blood of the Lamb. I don't care what nobody's got to say. As David have faith to slay that giant, Jesus gave him the power to get through it. And he will touch you this morning. Well, I wrote this little message. I wrote it just for you. Devil, I wrote this little message on the bottom of my shoe. It says I'm tired of you, devil. Praise the Lord. In and of yourself and me, you are no match for the devil. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, the devil ain't no match for you. I said in Jesus, through the power of God, the devil ain't no match for us. Because the Bible says, greater is he in me. The one that lives within me. I said he's in me. He ain't out of me. He's in me. And he gives us the power to confront that liar and to tell him what his destination is going to be. And until then, we have victory, amen, over all of his attacks, all of his lies, all of his strategies. The Bible told us to be sober, to be vigilant, to be watchful, and to be on guard. How do we do it? We stay hid in the rock, stay anchored, to Jesus Christ, because in again, in and of yourself and me, you can't overcome the devil. He'll rip you to pieces. He'll tear you up. He'll send you out running, strip you naked, and beat you. But praise God, if you stand fast in Jesus Christ, he can't touch you. Amen. And he knows that. We're the ones that need to learn it. He knows that. The church needs to learn what he already knows. We got the power. We got protection. Amen. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see everybody this morning. And we're glad you come to church this morning. Glad to have our visitor with us this morning. Amen. I know that uh, there's been a lot of stuff going around and people got sick. Our whole family, some of you know, well, most of you know, we all, every one of us, one by one, last Sunday, pop, pop, pop. 
I never seen anything like it in my life. Hit with a nasty virus and and everybody was hit, sick, and everybody but little Malachi, praise the Lord. And amen, that's what I said, thank the Lord. And we all got hit one by one. Two of us ended up in the emergency room, me and her. She went before I did, and uh, we were trying to juggle a baby around and watch after him. And my goodness, everybody's puking and, except her. Everybody was throwing up, hugging the toilet. I hadn't done that, and I don't know when. Dry heaving, and oh, God, help me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Kind of reminded me of the old days back when I was hung over, but I thank God I wasn't hung over. But I was sure asking, Lord, please help us. I think, I think you might have mentioned that y'all went through something similar not long ago, food poison or something. We didn't know what in the world hit us. We had no clue. Three of us ate pizza, one didn't. Well, doctor said it wasn't the pizza. It's just a nasty stomach virus. But I tell you what, it hit all of us and it weakened us and we just decided we didn't want to have to cancel church Sunday night. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't come back to, I didn't, my stomach didn't heal up to nearly Thursday. And, uh, I mean, stuff happened in the middle of it. I'm shivering and shaking. And I want, I got, I got to get into the bathtub and get me a bathtub full of hot water. And then the hot water run out after I got about that much water in the bathtub. So, oh Lord, I knew it was fixing to go out. I already knew the water heater was going out. So I decided on Tuesday to try to change the water heater out, which I got it done. I only had a couple of leaks after I hooked it back up. But I finally got that straightened out, and then Wednesday I was set back again. I didn't feel so good. She said, you should have left that alone. I said, well, we got to have hot water next time, <laughs> something like that. But we had to have a water heater, got it put in, and I mean, things just broke loose everywhere. She went out one day, was doing something, fixing to cook something on the grill, and I was outside doing something, and I was, well, I think I was messing with the hot water heater thing, and I heard a scream from her, and I thought, what in the world is she yelling about something? I went running around the house, and, ah, there's a possum in the grill, a possum in the grill. I said, well, are you crazy? No, oh, there's a possum in the grill, and he's cooking. I said, what? I walked over and I said, what do you mean? And I raised it up and I looked and sure enough, there's a possum. He got up in the bottom of our grill and, and moved it and took his head and moved the grates off and he's sitting up on the grill with the burners on. I thought, well, maybe we'll just have some possum for the first time in our life. <laughs> she had chicken to put on. I said, maybe we'll just try chicken and possum. I've always heard people say, hey, and I said, oh, Lord, are you serious? And I went to the garage, weak, tired, not feeling good, and got my little rope thing, little little uh, rig this guy left there that lived there years before we moved in, and on a little long stick with a rope on it where you can reach out and pull the string out, and you can get him around the neck like a lasso and pick him up, and I had to carry him to his grave. Sorry. Had to take him. He had to go to possum heaven. So anyway, poor possum. And now she said, I don't think I can ever cook on that grill again. You're going to have to get another grill. It's wore out anyway, cheap. But I thought, Lord, what in the world is next? <laughs> and none of us are in our right mind. I mean, we're reeling from sickness. And I mean, Satan is trying to mess with your mind. You know, when you're physically weak is when the devil really tries to get to your mind. He does. And I tell you, I didn't know if I was going, I would have to drive myself to the hospital and, 
and I had already dry heaved, dry heaved so much, I didn't know if I could dry heave again. And I puked in the hospital parking lot so I could get it out, so I could hurry up and get in and, you know, not puke in front of the people. I thought, let me get it out here, Lord. And so the clerk got me in. They got me back there. Did the same thing they did with her. Put me in the bed. Gave me an IV. Put fluids in me. Gave me pain medicine. Put about four blankets on me because I was shaking to death. And they said, it's, it's a bad stomach virus. And I said, oh, Lord, it's the worst one I think I ever had. But anyways, it's passed. Amen. And feel a whole lot better. Amen. It's awful. But you know, and we all, all of us have to face stuff like that at times. Nobody is exempt from it. Not one of us. There's no super man or superwoman Christian in this building who never has any type of problem, any type of sickness. We all go through things. But I tell you this much, Jesus is still Lord. And it ain't, it, none of the things I go through ever change my love for Him. It makes it stronger. Amen. It makes you stronger. Amen. So praise God this morning. We're all alive. Amen. You're healthy this morning. I'm glad to be able to eat solid food again. Whoo-wee. Praise the Lord. But it's good to be here. And so everybody's on the road to recovery. And I pray that not one person in this building, if you hadn't already had it, I pray you don't even get it. It's awful. We got some people out today that I believe they may have a touch of it. And it's awful nasty and and we need to pray for god to touch people to help them it's we live in a sin sick world and that's why we experience what we experience it's because of sin and none of us are exempt from it amen i always knew i was a human being but you realize how much more of a human being you are when, when you get hit with something don't you amen well good to be here let's pray we're going to take up the offering this morning And let's pray for those that may be sick, those watching who need a touch in their bodies. God is able to touch you right where you are. Amen. When nobody's there to touch you, God is able to touch you. No matter what your condition is, cry out to Jesus. Open your heart and surrender to him, and he'll come to where you are. If you have a need this morning, come as we take up the offering. If you need prayer for something, you want to spend a few minutes at the altar, you're more than welcome to. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I ask you this morning that you would move in our church, move in our heart, God, move in our lives. Lord, we pray, God, for your blessings upon us. We pray that you bless the offering this morning, you bless the givers this morning, that you would meet every single need that every person in this place has, God. Those that are sick today, Lord, that are watching, Lord, we pray for healing in their bodies. That testimony that Adam gave, Lord, what a testimony of what you have done. And Lord, not only can you do it for her, you can do it for anybody, anywhere. So we pray for those this morning that need healing in their bodies, Lord, that you touch them, that you heal them, that you raise them up. The devil tries to take your people out but you always raise us up lord and lord we thank you this morning for everything you've done and we ask for your blessings upon this service in jesus name amen
And is there a way to show the passion in my heart? Can I express how truly great I think you are, my dearest friend? Lord, this is my desire.
seated or you can stand the whole service whichever you desire <laughs> amen it's good to have Linda and Stuart back they come to, she come limping into prayer meeting us yesterday morning I said we got a new members card out there if you want one I said watch it boy shoot you amen it's good to see everybody this morning in spite of everything going on. Amen. We're still children of God. We still are commanded by God to do the things He's called us to do, whether we feel like it or not. Amen. We have to press on. 
The, this morning, I want you to go with me to the book of Genesis, if you have your Bibles. Well, I hope you have your Bibles. Genesis chapter 6. This has actually been on my heart for actually a couple of weeks, really. And uh, as I was seeking the Lord about what to preach this morning, I believe God brought this to my heart a few days ago. As I began to read it, the Lord began to touch me and to show me some things that I believe that will be helpful for everybody here this morning, people watching through the Internet. And uh, if for those of you watching through the Internet and those on YouTube, I know we, had a, we got a message the other day from a brother up in Pennsylvania that watches all of our services, and first time I ever heard from him, but I'm glad that we heard from him. He said that uh, he watches all the services on YouTube, but the, some of the recent services, they hadn't been coming on for some reason so he wanted to let us know and my wife checked into that I think she's got it straightened out and he also sent us an offering the other day for what was it 200 200 dollars I think he sent to help support the church and ministry I think somebody sent 500 last week I something like that to help us with the building fund of the church so there's people out there watching you know, we don't ever hear from him, but like in that situation, we heard from him. He says, I don't ever miss your services. He said, I, I'm so glad to be able to hear. He said, you're preaching, and we love it. And so I was like, well, praise the Lord. And it was at a time when I, I need to hear it myself. Because sometimes I think, does everybody in church love me that much, Lord? <laughs> uh, you, know, when, when, you know, when you do something over and over and over and over all the time, <clears throat> You can, can you kind of wonder, you know, is and, and you don't see the results that you'd like to see every time. You wonder, do they want me? Do they like me? Are they mad at me? Are they? And we're going to do what the Lord's called us to do. No matter what happens, we have to follow God's will. But it's nice once in a while to hear somebody outside saying, "Hey, I'm being blessed. I'm I'm watching this, and man, we're we're being blessed. So it's good. And I believe that we're going to hear a whole lot more of that in the days to come." Uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 13 is where I want to start reading. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Runes shall you make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without the pitch. And this is the fashion which you shall make of it. The length of the ark shall be 360 cubits, the width of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shall you make to the ark, and in a cubit you shall finish it above, and the door of the ark shall you set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shall you make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with you will I establish my covenant and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. 
And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shall you bring into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be, notice this, male and female. Whoa. Not male and male. Male and female because that's God's natural reproduction order. Let me read the last few verses. Of the fowls after their kind and of the cattle after their kind and of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall they come unto you to keep them alive and you and take you unto you all the food that is eaten and you shall gather it to you and it shall be for food for you and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him to do, so did he. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus this morning. God, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for the cross which your son sacrificed himself upon to free us from the powers of darkness that we can come into a rest just as Noah and his family through the blood of your son, Jesus. Lord, there's safety in the blood, in the cross of Jesus Christ. There's salvation, there's peace, there is healing, and there is deliverance in the blood of Jesus Christ, of which that ark is a type of. And Lord, we know that we're safe from all harm in that ark, God. We know the devil cannot harm us. He can't kill us. He can do nothing to us, Lord, as we Stay under your covering and your protection. Lord, we thank you this morning for everything you've done in this church. I thank you for touching people, the testimonies we're hearing, the testimonies of healing, of salvation, of deliverance, people that are watching our services, Lord, people that are giving, people, Lord, that you're stirring up in these last days, Lord, to call unto you, to assemble an army of believers. In spite of what the devil is doing, Lord, you are raising up an army of believers all over this world who know and understand that there is safety in the ark that there's, there's protection through the cross of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, and I ask you this morning that you continue to touch people, those that are sick today, that are watching, whatever the sickness may be, Lord, you are the one who is able to turn it around, God. Sometimes the healing comes naturally, sometimes it is supernaturally. And Lord, we thank you however it comes, Lord, we thank you for it. And we thank you for the people that are here today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, I, I began to read this this week, and I tell you, the Lord began to put some things I feel like strong in my heart. And uh, in comparisons to things that I was reading in some of these verses leading up to this, when you look at our nation today, how in the world can you not say that America is in the same condition and the world in the same condition that the world of that day was in. It said that the earth, this is one thing that's been standing out to me, the earth was filled with violence. You know, the Bible tells us that there's prophecy in the New Testament that in the last days, certain things are going to happen. Men's hearts are going to wax cold. Their hearts are going to become harder 
and harder. There's going to be a, a departure from the truth. People are going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, heady, high-minded traitors, and all these things that the Bible tells us that men become when they reject the word of God. This is what's wrong with America because people have rejected the word of God. People have pushed away Jesus Christ, the only one that can come in and change their life. And see, when you reject him, there's no recourse but to be overtaken, to be controlled by the power of sin. No man can break the power of sin. They can't rehabilitate you. They can't talk it out of you. you can't, they can't cancel it out of you. There's only one way that that evil nature can be dealt with, and it is by and through the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ, because he died not only to save us, you hear this over and over, so here it comes again, but to break the power of the devil so you and I don't have to live like the people of the world. God still has a separate people. I didn't say we're perfect, but God still has a people that want to walk with him and talk with him. The Bible said that Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord because he was a just man and he was perfect in his generation. That don't mean he's just he's this perfect preacher man who never done anything wrong because you're not going to find anybody God ever used that didn't do something wrong. So get over it. That didn't get in the flesh, go down to Egypt, say something they shouldn't have said, do something, because look, we're all human, but that doesn't deny that we still love the Lord. God, the Bible said that Noah walked with God. And that's all I want when I leave here for the Lord to be able to say about me, you walked with me. I, you didn't walk with the world, you didn't walk with the devil, you didn't walk with the family, you didn't walk with everybody on the job, but you walked with God. That's the only, I want God to say, you walk with me. And that's what I want to do right now. If it makes everybody else mad, I don't care. I'm walking with God. I'm standing on it. If everybody wants to go nuts in the church, if people want to run away, if they want to cuss me out, if they want to call me names, if they want to say, I'm a really a woman, I'm really a, a boy when you ain't, I don't care. I'm walking with God. Our status ain't changing. Evil. This earth is filled, look at it, with violence, wickedness. Look at the demonstrators, the haters in this nation all over this world in these liberal states who are against Israel. They're for the murder of babies, for the murdering of innocent civilians. Bloodshed, murder, abortion, killing babies. 
Men thinking they're women, women thinking they're men. LGBTQ, and they're trying to rub it in everybody's face. They want you and me to accept it. I'm not accepting it because I'm walking with God. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm a man today, and ain't nothing ever going to change because that's who God created me and you to be. You are what you are. You can go get a sex change, but you're still what you were born with, my friend, and you'll never be able to change it and you're always going to be miserable until you open your heart and let Jesus come in and change your life. And when you do, you'll be perfectly content with what God created you to be. world's gone nuts. And half of the church has too. Noah walked with God. That's why Noah found grace and favor with God. You want God's favor? Now, hold on. It's a little bit different now because we're under another covenant. Noah didn't know what we know now, although he had faith. Now, to walk with God, you got to know Jesus. I said now to walk with God. To have a relationship with God Himself, you have to be born again. You must surrender your life to Jesus Christ because it's there that the old man is crucified with Him. It's there that the power of sin is put to death and brings you into a relationship now with your heavenly Father that you were once at enmity with, but now you are not at odds. You are not at enmity. You have peace with God through your Lord Jesus Christ. We have a way and we must walk in that way. So if you want to know God, you got to come to Jesus. If you want to come to Jesus, you got to come through the blood. If you're going to come through the blood, you won't have to surrender into your life. If you want to see a change in your life, you will have to lay everything down to follow Jesus. And it ain't easy, but praise God, you can walk with God when everybody else walks away. I'm telling you, you can walk with the Lord when your family walks away from you. You can stand your ground and you can walk with Jesus because you got something. Praise God. We got the power of the Holy Ghost. I got a greater than He living in me than He lives in this world. That's the only way I can keep on walking when everybody runs away I can keep on walking with God the devil wants to use others to pull you away so you'll stop walking with God you'll stop believing in Jesus this earth is wicked it's all it's everywhere we go Violence, murder, rape, sodomy, adultery, fornication, alcoholism, perversion. Of every kind of sin you can think of, and how much has it increased just over the last few years? Everything's sped up that tells us God is about to do something. People think they're going to escape the judgment of God. Just like the ones during the great tribulation that'll run for the hills and the rocks. It's 
crying for them, screaming out for the rocks to fall on them. Rather than to accept Jesus Christ and just live for him and let him be their Lord. That's how hard men's hearts will be, screaming, cursing, and and crying for the very nature to take them out. It don't have to be like that. You can live for Jesus now and escape all of that. We got a choice. I said Christians have a choice. The world has a choice. You got a choice to give your life to Jesus Christ and live right, or you got a choice to reject him and you will die and you'll go to hell. You will face a judgment one day and you will be judged for every single thing you ever did. But the one thing you'll be judged for the most is your rejection of God's son, Jesus Christ. That's why people live like the devil because they're pushing away the son. They're pushing away the one that can change their life. And the Bible said that the earth was, it was filled with violence, but Noah walked with God. Are you going to walk with God through the stuff we're going through? Are you going to keep holding hands with God through your problems in your family, on the job, in the community? Are you going to walk with God? You know, you got a choice. You can let go. You can run off, you can run away, but you'll never escape the judgment of God. You won't. Every man's going to be held accountable. This Christian life is not so hard that we can't make it. No, it's not. We're the ones that make it hard by rejecting God's way. This Christian life is easy to live when you go God's way. Oh, it brings trouble. It brings attacks, it brings opposition, but we got something to help get us through. The power of the Holy Spirit lives within us. Amen. We're not wimps, we're not pushovers, we're not, we're not a doormat. We are children of God. We got the same rights as the world has, and we got a right to stand our ground. The devil wants to make some of you think, well, you're just supposed to love everybody and let them do whatever they want to do to you and be kind and be nice and tenderhearted than we're supposed to be. But you also are to be firm and stand your ground, and you don't let some bully come along trying to bully you out of the things of God, bully you away from the Lord, or bully you around to cause you problems. Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. That's what we need. Grace. It only comes through Jesus. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. He said he walked with God. He had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also The earth also was corrupt before God. Here it is. And the earth was filled with violence. The earth. Look, not just a part of Israel, a part of the Middle East, the earth. Everywhere God looked down, the only thing he saw out of those human beings that he created was wickedness. And that's, Because of life without God. 
That's why men are wicked because it's life without God. And it said God looked upon the earth. I want to tell you something. God looks upon this earth. If you think he don't see what's going on, you're, you're not thinking right. He see, well, how come he ain't taking action? How come? You know the Lord just with the flip of his finger could wipe this whole earth away. Why doesn't he? Because he is love, he has compassion, and he's looking for people to save. He's looking to bring a people out of all this corruption that are sin sick and sick of their sin. He's looking for people to bring to him, to love him, to live for him, and to serve him, and to make heaven their home. But they have a choice. It said, all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth again. Have you ever, have you turned on the news lately? Some of it you don't need to watch. Most of them. Somebody said, no, I can't stand it. I won't throw a hammer through it. I know how you feel. But, you know, once in a while, it's good to be informed. It's good to see what's, because it's, it's a reminder that Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. It is being fulfilled. At some point in time, the Lord is going to start causing some things to happen that's not going to be good for America. But even also in the midst of it, he's going to do something good because out of everything that looks evil and bad, God always brings something good out of it. The Lord made, he he made up his mind. He looked down and he saw what was going on and he said, all I see in the earth is cancer. All I see is wickedness. All I see is homosexuality. All I see is lesbianism. All I see is LGBTQ. All I see is a murder of innocent babies. All I see is violence, and I'm about fed up with it. America, you better wake up because God is about fed up with it, and you ought to be fed up with it. And God is about to take action. I don't know. I know this, that there's events that are going to transpire as this Bible says. If you want to know, compare, you know, God said he'll never destroy this earth again by a flood, but you better get in the book of Revelation, honey, and you better find out what's coming in the future because it ain't going to be by water. It's going to be by fire. I said there's going to be a fire. There's going to be a judgment of God that's going to come upon this earth, and it's going to judge every human being, and there's going to be a hell. Jesus said like man ain't never seen since he's been upon this earth. We're heading there, but praise God today I'm I'm glad I'm safe. I'm glad I'm in the ark. I'm glad I ain't got to worry about judgment because all of my sins have been judged by the blood of God's Son. Praise God. I'm glad all of my bunch of garbage that was stacked up has been wiped out by the blood of Jesus Christ. And everything I ever commit until I get out of here, as long as I say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me in the name of Jesus. He says, washed away, boy. It's wiped out. There you pick up and you keep on going. God will always forgive you, but people won't. You make a boo-boo in front of people. Boy, you let a preacher make one. They won't crucify him. Get rid of him. But you make one and you want the preacher to have mercy on you. (laughs) 
No mercy for the preacher, though. <laughs> we live in an earth filled with violence. And God looks down and he sees it. He sees it in our community. He sees it around the world. He sees it in Africa. He sees it in Pakistan. He sees it in Muslim countries. He sees it in God-hating countries. And the only thing left when you push away the gospel is wickedness. I know because I did it for years. How about you? We got a few people in here that's got some good testimonies, don't we? You remember how you lived when you kept pushing Jesus away? How your life didn't get no better, you got worse. Hello, you didn't get better, you didn't get walk in light, you walked in darkness. But when you came to Jesus, he brought you out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. The Lord said, I will destroy them, his creation, with the earth. He said, I'm about to do something. I can't, I, I can't tolerate this any longer. In other words, in other words, listen, it's, this is what God is saying. If I don't do something now, everything, the whole wide world will be so completely corrupted and wicked that it'll be fit for nothing. And he said, I'm going to destroy them. Do you think God took pleasure in saying that he, want, he was going to destroy the very creation that he created? But that's our God. See, a lot of things he does out of compassion. We don't see that. Some things he does because he knows the future and you don't. And he does it out of compassion because he knows what the end result will be and we don't understand. So he says, in order for me to deal with this, I got to get rid of this cancer and start over. Hello? I got to get rid of this sin and start over. And he said, I'm going to destroy them. And so he, to- he, he comes to Noah and he told Noah what to do. He said, I want you and your family to build an ark. I'm going to tell you exactly how to build it. I'm going to give you the measurements. I'm going to give you the help. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you the tools. And I'm going to give you the wisdom and the knowledge. You know, about four months back, we went to Kentucky to see that ark, that replica, that ark. It's a sight to see. Humongous. If, that, if those dimensions are right, that was one humongous vessel. And I thought, my goodness, it had to take, you know, that they, were, they did a little demo before we went through and we sat in the theater and they explained about it and told about all the different contractors, the, the problems they run into trying to build it and the trouble and all these things. And, but, but, you know, they're talking about building with power tools. They're talking about building with power saws, modern-day technology. Noah didn't have any modern-day technology. They, he didn't have a Milwaukee Sawzall. They had hand tools. And I, I was thinking about this this morning. You know, if only Noah and his family are the, if they're the only ones that really believe what God said, 
Is it possible that they were some of the only ones working on this? I mean, did they, did anybody on the outside come and help them? I don't, the Bible doesn't really tell us. But if, it, they, if they didn't, then it took a long time to build this. So God says, now, here's what I'm going to do. Noah, I'm sick of what I'm looking at, but you, because you got favor in my sight, you, because you walk with me, you, because you and your family want to live right in the midst of this corrupted world. Now, I'm going to give you a command. I want you to do something. You're going to build an ark because I am about to wipe every bit of this out. I am about to bring judgment upon all of this evil and all of this wickedness. So if you obey me, you and your family will be spared. Come on, somebody. If you obey me, Thomas Clymer and Melissa Clymer and Michaela Clymer, you and your family, you and your church will be spared. Hey, family worship center, if you obey the Lord, if you follow Jesus, ain't no judgment going to fall upon you, praise God. You got some, you got something to look forward to. But are you going to do what God has called you to do? Or are you going to let somebody pull you away? Because the world will pull. You know what they'll say? They'll say things like, you're crazy. What's he doing? He's going to build a what? He's lost his mind. Where's he going to get the money? Where's he going to get the help? God will supply. Because judgment is coming. So they went to work day after day, here little, there little. And listen, while they were building this, the Bible says in Hebrews that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. You know what he was doing? Building and preaching. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, everybody listen up. God has told me that he's sick of the sin. God has told me that he's sick of murder. God has told me he's sick of abortion. God has told me that he is sick of LGBTQ. God has told me that he is sick of the perversion of the United States of America. And listen, if you get smart and come to your senses and come on to Jehovah's side, your life can be spared. And he's preaching, and he's preaching righteousness. Look, in the midst of a perverted world, He's saying, look, there's a right way to serve God. Now, you can take the right way or you're going to spend eternity in a blackness of hell where you're going to die lost. And they begin to build exactly how God said to build it. And the Lord said, I'm going to bring a flood of waters upon the earth. I'm going to flood it. I wonder if Noah was relaying this to the scoffers. I wonder if he was relaying, telling the unbelievers, listen, a flood is coming. Judgment is coming. The rain is coming, but it ain't going to be the good kind. There's a judgment coming. And I'm sure, well... The end of the story tells us they scoffed at him. They laughed at him. He's crazy. 
That old man, that old 500-year-old man has lost his mind. He's losing touch with reality. He's going to build a gigantic boat. And what, what, where is it going? There ain't enough water to even have enough, a little drink here and there. He's saying that this boat is going to save everybody. They built it. And however long a period was it time, of time it was it took to build it, I'm not exactly sure it was. But I'm sure that in the course of it, people laughed, people mocked. They walked right on by. They said, that old man's crazy. It's like some of them will turn these things, turn these services on. That, that little guy's lost his mind. Well, you're going to find out one day. We're all going to find out. And I know where I'm going to stand. I'm not going to be judged with the wicked. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm going to be judged with the righteous. Because I got smart enough about 24 years ago to surrender my pride and come on into the ark. He, but God told Noah, He said, With you, I'm going to establish my covenant. I'm going to establish my covenant. Sure enough, they build the ark. And the time came, it was about a week before the rain began. God told Noah, he said, I want you and your family to come into the ark. He already given the commands. Y'all have heard this over and over. Surely you've read this. If you're a Christian, you've had to have read this many times. Take the animals, two by two, male and female. Get one of every kind. I don't think there was no possums on that thing. <laughs> one of every kind. Bring them in because I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to start over. I'm going to be gracious enough to spare not just humanity, you, but I'm going to spare my creation also, and I'm going to start over, and I'm going to give you the same command, pretty much as I gave to Adam and Eve. Take dominion over the earth and replenish it. Because that's really what happened. And the Bible said that Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters began to fall upon the earth. Could you imagine living to be 600 years old and be in good health, able to build a boat? Wow. Wow. Some of us won't be blessed to make it to 70 to 90. We went and saw my stepdad. They had to go to Middleton City to see my brother's not doing good. My stepdad's about hit 93 in January. He looks exactly the same. He looks like Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're talking, how you doing? I'm not doing, I'm not really doing all that great. I'm looking at him thinking, what are you talking about, man? You look pretty good to me. He said, well, my legs get real tired, a lot tired now. Then I said, well, you, you're still walking. You're blessed, Roland. Mama kept telling you, you're probably going to live to be a 100. And he kind of laughed. He said, I don't know if I'll be there. I said, you don't know. 
He's still active somewhat, still tries to do things. And you look at him, and you're looking in his face. He does not look 90, almost 93 years old. It's a miracle. I said, you're on borrowed time, Roland. God has blessed you. Most people today that's in their 70s can't, aren't even as good at health as he is. But imagine living to be 600 years old. But you see, over time, as sin increases, then the, the age starts coming down, down the, the age that a man lives to. What, it went from nearly a thousand, was it Methuselah? Almost a thousand years old? 900 something years old and, and but, but we see as we read through the Bible when we go through Genesis and we read through every single chapter and we see the sin and the wickedness of man the age gap drops down, 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 down. And what's the average age of human beings today? Mid 70s or 80s? It's because of sin. But you know what? Good news. We're going to live forever in heaven. And we're going to have a perfect body. (laughs) There won't be no more puking. No more hip replacements. No more knee replacements. No more headaches. No more sin. No more sickness. No more devil. Come on. No more issues on the job. No more issues in the family. No more issues. We're going to live forever in perfection with Jesus Christ. And I'm waiting on that day just as much as you are. But I'm also trying to get people to come to the Lord. Because look, Noah knew judgment was coming. What if he said, no, I can't do that. They think I'm crazy. uh, If he listened to the opinions of everybody around him. See, you got to tune everybody around you out. You hear me? Walk with God. I'm going to tell you, walking with God ain't easy sometimes. The devil will tempt you. The devil will try you. He'll try to fight with you. He'll try, he'll try anything he can to try to lure you out of your position in Christ. But you know what? We have the power of the Holy Spirit and we have a choice to follow Jesus and stay where we need to be to be able to overcome every attack he throws at us even when we don't feel good. The Bible says... The Lord told him, I'm going to cause rain to come up on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, Noah's listening to God. What would you, I mean, if God told you he was going to do something like this, what would you think? Would you believe him? Would you think you're hearing strange voices? Or would you know that you're hearing the voice of God? You know, sometimes God speaks to us and he tells us he's going to, I've had the Lord speak to me before and tell me he's going to do something. And he did it. You know, the Lord will defend you. God will protect you if you turn the persecutors over to him. If you don't, take the judgment into your own hands that's what we want to do sometimes I'm the first one guilty 
because I'm a human, I'm flesh. And in and of myself, I know I'm weak. And that's why I need the power of God. I need God's help. Because I know me outside of God's grace, it ain't, it ain't good. Y'all, nobody in this place would ever want to see me outside of God's grace. You probably would never come back to church again. You don't want to see me mad. You don't want to see me upset. You don't, you don't want, I, I don't want to see you. But you know what? Sometimes it happens to us, don't it? Oh, come on, y'all. Sometimes it happens because I don't need no bunch of angels in here. I want some real people that know how to really be honest. Look, we don't want to do that. We don't, we don't want to live wrong. We don't want to do wrong. But sometimes because we're human, we do. We don't quite respond the way that we should. But let me tell you something. Even if you don't respond the way you should, it does not negate your salvation. It does not change God's mind about how he feels about you when you mess up. He still loves you as much as he loved you before you mess up. And all you do in the midst of the mess up is say, Oh, Lord, I ask you to help me. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to keep me on the straight. And now that's all God asks of us. He ain't looking for some big demonstration from people. Oh, I really messed up at all. No, he just wants you to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I ask you to touch me, to give me strength to overcome these attacks that the devil throws my way. He says it's going to rain 40 days and 40 nights. And every, the Lord said, and every living substance that I have made, I made it. I will destroy from the face of the earth. I made it. I'm going to destroy it. And Noah did according to all that the Lord, he didn't do a little bit of it. See, Noah wasn't one of those uh, taking a little bit of God's will. Well, I'll take God's will if it feels good for me. If it, if it, benefits me Noah really wasn't doing this for the benefit of him it was really for the benefit of the world because it was the best thing God could do at the time was to get rid of the evil so he could start over and at least have a decent civilization we're not told what all this violence was it, it, it if we, if we read through the Bible and look at all the things that Israel practiced down through the years, I'm sure a lot of that was part of it. It could have been homosexuality, bestiality, perversion, drunkenness, everything, anything you can think of. Murder, rape. He was 600 years old when the flood of waters began to fall upon the earth. And it said, Noah went in. Noah said, I believe God. Y'all laugh. You laugh. Laugh at me. Mock at me. Talk about me. But I'm going in. Make fun of this church. Gossip about us. Lie on us. Trash us. Try to slander me. But listen, we're going in. And I'm going to tell you, 
you better wisen up and you better get in yourself because judgment is about to come up on this earth. Judgment, God, I'm telling you, judgment, America is in for something like America ain't never seen. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't see anything getting better. I see some things getting worse. But I do, the best part of it is that God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And he is going to save people. And he is going to bring people not into a literal ark today. But he's going to bring them into his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what our purpose is, to tell people to come to Jesus Christ. Judgment is coming but you can be spared by opening your heart and surrendering to Jesus Christ the judgment can be stopped the very moment that you open up your heart all of your sins can be forgiven your wife beating can be forgiven your drunkenness can be forgiven your perversion can be forgiven your stealing can be forgiven your lying can be forgiven if you come to Jesus Christ praise God there is safety in the heart and I'm telling you your life will change the violence will stop the murder will stop the hatred will stop the animosity will stop because praise God there is power in the blood I said there is power in the blood I said there is power in the blood there is power in the blood of Jesus and I'm telling you that's where I'm standing today I'm staying in the blood I'm covered by the blood I'm washed in the blood and I'm going to follow the blood Noah and Noah went in and his sons and his wife, his sons' wives, they all went in with him because of the waters of the flood. The Bible said in rain began to come. It was upon the earth for forty days and forty nights. It said the self same day Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and three wives of his sons with them and went with them into the ark. And they that went in went in male and female of all flesh as God has commanded him. And the Lord, oh, this is good, the Lord shut him in. I like those songs, shut in with God in a secret place. In other words, Noah did what God said to do. He built the ark. He gathered the animals. He got his family. And he went in. And God said, now you just go on in. And I'm going to seal the door up for you, son. You're going to be covered. You're going to be protected. There ain't no demon of hell going to hurt you. It ain't going to touch your family. Because you're safe in the ark. You're safe in Jesus Christ. You're safe by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are safe because you obeyed my voice. You're safe because you're following Jesus. You're safe and you don't have to worry about anything. Because I have shut you in. And one day soon and very soon you're about to enter up into a greater ark. You're about to come into the very presence of Jesus Christ. Christ and God the Father in heaven itself where you're going to live forever and you'll never be tormented. You'll never be touched. You'll never be harmed because you're going to live for eternity. The flood was, a, was 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bore up the ark and it was lifted up above the earth. The Bible said that when the rain began to come down, it said it came, started from the heavens, and it said it also came from below. God caused something to happen in the earth. 
to push the water from below. And it said, now listen, this is interesting. You know, Elijah, when he had his confrontation with Baal, with the Baal worshipers who said that Baal was the God of nature. He controlled the atmosphere. He controlled the water. He controlled the thunder and the lightning and the wind and the rain. Hmm. We find out here who controlled all that before that ever happened. God did, and he still does. It said the water began to come from below, and the heavens opened up. God said, rain, come. That's it, rain. And it's not stopping until God says, stop. Forty days and forty nights. And it, the waters begin to rise until eventually the waters rose up high enough and all of a sudden that boat that everybody made fun of, you know, that church that they laugh at that says they believe in the rapture, that we're going up. All of a sudden, here comes the rain. Here comes floods. And the onlookers and the scoffers, I wonder if they're second-guessing themselves now. I wonder if they're all shut in their homes in the, in the hills and the mountains and the valleys and they're seeing water rise up. I wonder if they're thinking about what that preacher said. You better be careful what preacher you laugh at. You better be careful which one you mock at. You better be careful which one you attack. There were some young men that tried to attack Elisha and the Bible said that God sent some she-bears out of the woods and tore their hind ends up. You better be careful while you run your mouth about God's people. You better be careful because I'm going to tell you, God does take this stuff serious because God don't want the gospel hindering it because of a man's reputation. It's about bringing people into the ark. It's about people, the devil, using people to try to hinder people from coming to Jesus. God help us not to ever hinder somebody from coming to Jesus. It said the fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven stopped after all this 40 days and 40 nights of rain. Then this ark begins to go up, 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 and people begin to lose their lives. Homes are wiped out. And this wasn't six feet of water. This was hundreds of feet of water, if not more. So much that it reached mountaintops. It was so powerful, this this explosion of water coming from beneath and from above. The Bible said that, uh, I was reading Brother Swagger said that many scientists believe that this is maybe how the Grand Canyon and places were cut out. And the scoffers now are screaming. Now the ones that were making fun are saying, Help us! Let us in! Too late. You had your opportunity and you rejected Jesus Christ. See, when you leave here, it's too late. The only time you're going to have to live for Jesus except Him is right now while you're breathing. There's no in-betweens when you die. That's heaven or hell. 
And one, whichever one you go to, you don't get out of it. I mean, if you go to hell, you don't get out of it. You don't have one foot here and one foot there. You're all the way in or you're all the way out. And they laugh and they mock. But yet God did what God said he was going to do. And Noah and his family, eight souls were spared because they believed the word of God. Let me tell you, don't let anybody intimidate you for coming to this church because it ain't jam-packed and it's not a mega church and we don't have a bunch of programs. Let me tell you something. You got something better than all that. You got the ark. You got salvation through the blood of Jesus. You got the truth. You got the way, the truth, and the life. So you let them scoff and you let them mock and just pray to God that he gets a hold of them and they'll surrender their hard heart and let him turn them around. We're not guaranteed that anybody's going to turn around. You're not guaranteed that anybody's going to accept you. We're not guaranteed. All we can do is follow the Lord ourselves. Let Take care of me. Lord, work in me. Lord, change me. Help me not to be concerned about this one and this one. Lord, keep me on the right track. Lord, help me to walk with you. And if I can do that, then maybe it will affect the one that needs to come to the Lord. If they can just watch me keep going while the trouble is hitting, maybe it will affect them for the good. And the day come, they spent nearly a year in that ark. If the time is right, nearly a year before the waters, 10 months before the waters, I think, was started receding any. And God began to speak to Noah. He told Noah what to do. He told him to send, take a raven first. He said, take a raven first and send him out and let him fly around. The Bible said that the raven flew out of the ark and he never came back, which meant that the waters from all up above were receding. But then it said it, it came a few days later. I don't know if it's seven days or whatever. But he sent a dove out. And the dove flew around the earth and he was looking for a resting place, but he couldn't find any because there was still a lot of water in the earth. So the dove flew back and came into the ark, which told Noah that the waters were not gone. That's wisdom. <laughs> Boy, God's smart, ain't he? He knows how to use his creation for our benefit. And he sent him out again, the Bible said, another time. And that dove came back, I think maybe seven days later, come back said he had a little olive branch in his mouth. And then he knew that the waters were just about gone. Sent the dove out again another few days later. The dove never came back. And the waters are completely gone. Look, this is the steps he took to make sure that before they left that ark, it was safe. We're safe today in Jesus Christ. And eventually the Lord calls all the waters to receive every human being alive before the flood is dead. Grown-ups, kids, somebody says, that's, that's cruel. That ain't the kind of God I want to serve. See, he does things at times for the benefit of others, for his creation. It's like cancer. You can't play with cancer. You got to get it all out. You can't leave any of it. And that's sometimes that's what God had to do when you read through the Bible. And people say, well, he's a really cruel God and I don't want no part of him. No, he's not. He's merciful. 
And he does things at times because he knows what's best and you don't. He knows what he knows what your future has ahead. You don't. You just gotta walk with him. And when Noah, the Lord God spoke to Noah, saying, "Go forth of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you," and He said, "I want you to bring forth every living thing." That is with you, all the flesh, both of the fowl and of the cattle and of every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth. Now listen to this, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. The same thing he told Adam and Eve. It's amazing, he starts all over. That's not a cruel God. That's a merciful God. He's willing to start all over again with the creation he created, knowing that they're sinful and they're wicked. It says, I'm going to do it again. And Noah went forth of it with his sons, his wife, his sons' wives with them, and every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creeps upon the earth, and their kinds went forth out of the ark. And listen, and Noah built an altar unto the Lord. There it is. There's your secret, Christian. Building those altars. Surrendering everything to Jesus. Letting him be Lord of your life. He built an altar unto the Lord. He took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on an altar. A type of Jesus Christ the one and only sacrifice for the sins of this wicked world. And it said, the Lord smelled a sweet Savior. I want to tell you something today. God smells something from us. What is it? Does it stink or does it smell good? Are you offering your self-righteousness to God? Do you think you're something because you're somebody that never does anything wrong and you don't sin and you don't do this and and your faith is not in what Jesus did. Your faith is in yourself because if it is, if it ain't in the sacrifice of God's son, Jesus Christ, it stinks. And Christians don't like to hear that. If your faith is in your works, it stinks. If your faith is in coming to this church, it stinks. If your faith is in your family, it stinks. If your faith is in anything but the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, it stinks. But if your faith is resting solely in the blood of God's Son, God says, I'm well pleased with you. You He says, you smell good. You smell good, Miss Mildred. Smell good, Mr. Jones. Anna Kate, you smell good. Mama might not think so. You smell good. In other words, God says, I'm pleased with you. And today, that's all I want for God to say is, I'm pleased with you. He didn't say you're perfect. He said, your faith is in my sacrifice. And I'm well Please with you. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil, listen, from his youth. Every baby is born in sin. That little precious baby boy back there is born in sin. 
All of our children, they're born in sin. And that's why we have to train them the right way to let Jesus break that power, keep them where they need to be while they're young so that they be what God wants them to be. This is the only thing that's going to help our kids. You can't, you can't turn your kids over to the school system. You can't turn your kids over to this wicked Oh, no, you can't turn your kids over to the wickedness that's going on in this world. You can't turn your kids over to the cartoon network and all the video. You can't turn your kids over to the perversion of this world. The Lord said, I will again never smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease. And God blessed Noah and his sons. You want to be blessed? Obey the Lord. You want to be blessed? blessed? Follow Jesus. And he said, multiply and replenish the earth. And he did what God told him to do, but guess what happens again? (laughs) We're back in the same situation because history just continues to repeat itself. And I'm telling you, America is filled with wickedness. But in the midst of the wickedness, God is looking for some Noahs. He's looking for some young men and women of God that'll step up and do what he's called them to do. You know, Michaela announced last week, the Lord been landing upon her heart to start a Bible study here at the church for some young girls. And she posted, made a post about it. And several, several young girls said, hey, when are you going to do this? I want to come. I want to come. We want to come. We want to be a part of it. And she had her first one Thursday night, had a few girls come. And I mean, it was good. And I thought, honey, and the devil, hmm, he started before she did it. And that's a good sign, honey. Be an altar builder. Do what God has told you to do because God will grow it. He's going to bring more. Look, there's young people out there that are hurting. These young women, these young men, they're hurting. Our younger generation needs to have the truth. They need to have the gospel. I sat in the back with them because I didn't want girls to be here by themselves. When mama was here, I didn't feel the greatest. I was clear, though, but I sat back there because I ain't, I ain't, I'm going to be a protector. Because I ain't no wimp and I ain't no pushover. And you ain't going to come here and do nothing. Not with me here. Oh, praise the Lord. (laughs) What kind of pastor would I be? What kind of leader would you be if you let somebody roll over your your church, your family? You no, you you ain't just because you're a Christian don't mean oh yeah, just come do what you want to do. Better not. Don't be stupid. Praise the Lord, Amen. Stand to your feet, Miss Grace. <laughs> we need some grace this morning. Come on, my little altar builder. Listen, if you need something this morning. Let me say this to people that are watching because I feel like that I need to. If you don't know Jesus, now's your time to open the door and let him come into your life. The only way you're going to escape this violence and this wickedness and this sin-filled condition of this world is to come into the ark, to open your heart and let Jesus come into your life. 
If you're watching me right there where you are, I want to tell you, God loves you. And I don't care what you've done. I don't care how awful your sin has been because we've all been there. We've all committed things that are worthy of death. I should be dead and burning in hell today, but thank God the blood of Jesus washes our sins away. It takes it away. It don't just cover it. It's taken away. And I don't care what you've done. Jesus will forgive you. He will wash your slate clean. He'll change you, make you a brand new. He'll make you an altar builder, praise God. So if you're watching and you're messed up, you're lost, maybe you're drunk, maybe you're hungover, and you're, you're at the end of your road, open your heart up and cry to God. And ask Jesus to come into your heart right where you are. And I'm telling you, if you mean it, and if you're serious, the Lord will change you right where you are. If you need a touch this morning, maybe you're being affected by the evil that's in this world. Maybe you're under pressure today to try to be pushed out of the way and you need strength today. I want you to come. service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., 
and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 744 0774.